This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. This is uh, Season 15, Episode 3. Uh, recording on Valentine's Day, although this will come out on Friday, and sadly this is Solicits Week, so we won't get all the news, but I think we've got a good chunk of it. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Dev. And this is Theo. And since we're recording on Valentine's Day, uh, Steph had the brilliant idea of starting with a little bit of shipper indulgence for all of us. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about any shipping, and it doesn't have to be in Batman comics or even comics in general. So let's start off with Steph. <laughs> okay, so recently my favorite couple is technically from Dark Horse Comics, though... They don't get together in the comics, but they do to get together in, well, they haven't gotten together in the show yet, but in, <laughs> in Critical Role, Vox Machina and the show Legend of Vox Machina, uh, Vaxeldan and Keyleth are my favorite ship recently. They are so cute. Okay, okay can I just say, all right, so uh-huh. I, can I just say, I watched a few episodes. Uh huh. That, that's not really for the kiddies. Oh, it is not. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do not let your children watch that or read that comic. <laughs> I, I I watched the whole, um, or listened to, the whole, because um, um, it originates as a, um, a uh, D&D campaign. And I watched the whole thing. And it was great. Their love story is just so sweet. <laughs> anyway, that's my ship recently. And Katara and Zuko for life. But that's like... That's you know. not canon. And that's not recent. So. Zuko and May are a much better ship. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're not even going to talk about that. This is oh, I, yes, let's talk about it because I want to see somebody fight. <laughs> I need to Real see... blood. Yes, I need, I need to see somebody get cussed out or something. May is a terrible person, and she is unhealthy. And even if you don't ship Zuko with Katara, May is a horrible girlfriend, and Aang is a terrible boyfriend. I am not going to disagree with you about Aang, but May is a great girlfriend. She is that. She is mean. 
Yeah, so is Zuko. No, he is lovely. Uh, he's also mean. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Vaxel Dan is my love forever. The end. Who? The the guy in the ship, Vaxel Dan. Va- Vax. He's the elf. He's the elf rogue, and she is the elf druid. Yeah, leave leave Zuko with Katara. I'm sorry. Yoo-hoo. Ian, who do you ship? Uh, I've been shipping... I've been reading a bunch of Superman stuff because we just did, uh, on DC Universe Ultra, they just sent out the Death of Superman exclusive comic thingy. And so I've been shipping a lot of Superman and Lois. I went back through uh, some of my Superman comics. And of course, there's a heavy Superman and Lois connection, all of them. And there's also a lot of good Superman and Lois romance going on right now in action comics, both in the main story and the backup. Uh, also, uh, Cobra Kai's uh, Miguel Diaz and Sam LaRusso are the best ship in the whole show and amazing. Oh. No, no, no. I know that Theo loves Tori and Rob, yes. who are also good. Yes, yes, Tori for life. They are also good, but for me, it's Miguel and Sam. I will say that Sam's um, a player. <laughs> uh, in in high school, I think it was high school. Were you a player? I don't know. You were um, player, um, Steph. Um, De- Dean Kane and Terry Hatchet Hatcher Hatcher were my one of my favorite couple OTPs. The the Lois and Clark of my generation. But but, um, but Tyler Hecklin and Bitsy. Uh, well, what's her last name? Bitsy is Bitsy is Issy Bitsy. Yeah, those two. I really like them in Superman <laughs> and Lois. I also yes, really they- like uh, shoot, what is it? Tom Welling and Erica Durant. They're great too. And I like Henry Cavill and Amy Adams. Like all of these are good Superman and Loises in addition to Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Oh no, no, yeah, I was just saying Superman and Lois, but they, those were my those were my Superman. So, question then for you: What was your reaction? Well, I'm so. What was your reaction in the New Fifty Two when Superman was with Wonder Woman? Burn it with fire! <laughs> Burn it! <laughs> okay, I'm just curious. I mean, yeah, it, and, and they've tried that so many times in so many ways because it would. Not, I mean, that not only happened in the New Fifty Two, but it happened in the animated uh, universe. As well, did it? Yeah, well, the animated universe was based on the New Fifty Two. Yeah, oh, I was the, thinking about it. It was until until Death of Superman. Yeah, and then they got back with Lois. Yes. Well, I don't think he got back with her. It was like he got well, with her for I mean, the first time on a meta universal level. And now we have John in the movies or in the cartoons. Is is John is Adventures of the Super Sons connected to the animated universe? Stuff? I'm gonna choose to believe that it is. <laughs> it probably isn't, but I'm gonna choose. I will choose to believe. Although John and Superman and Lewis is gone. They're recasting them. Oh I mean the new actor looks fine. Oh, they they recast them already? Who's the new actor? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Some I don't guy. remember the, the kid actor's name. Some guy. I just hope they don't go the way of John or Jordan the way John is in the comic book. Please don't. We shall see. I hope not to, but you know. I need two uh, things. I need two things to happen. I need them to leave Superman and Lois alone 
and not make it any more CWE. Then, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Then I need them to move it to HBO Max. That way, it won't ever have to worry about being CWE. Theo just wants everybody to get to have like the the mature television seats. No, I just need it away from the CW. Because <laughs> everything, you're not wrong. although every, honestly, I would argue that Titans is very, very CWE, and that's never been on the CW. And that's why it's canceled. <laughs> After four seasons, though, oh god! Can I, you I, believe it got forty full episodes? I did Jeez. not. Wa- I did not watch. I have not watched season four, and I have no interest in doing so. I've never watched past season one. I watched most of seasons one and two, and I was just like, okay, this is enough. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, with Because it's very CWE. Like, the, the relationships are all super immature, and it's all the most dramatically stupid things that happen. And the, and the thing that gets me is with all of the history the Titans have, why do you have to go and steal all of Batman's stories? I mean, technically, no. the first story is um, Lazarus. No, it's uh, it's Raven's backstory, and then the next season is um, that was Judas def- contract. Was it Judas contract? Technically, um, and then third season. Third season was Batman story because I think it was under the hood. But I it was uh, yeah, it was under the hood. Yeah, it was completely. And I have no idea what the fourth season is. <laughs> Don't ask me. Well, season four has Lex Luthor, so I'm assuming that. Well, I mean, that's a Superman thing. Yeah, that's a kind of story. But again, I just just pull from the Titans' history. Doesn't the actual. Ti- I mean, yeah, yeah. The first two seasons were more Titansy, but okay. Well, uh, but Theo, what what are your shippings? Uh, recent. I'm gonna hold off on recent. You know. All right. And I am. I am. Bruce and Selena for life. I am. Um, life. They have not had a good couple years, though. Hush. I am Peter and Mary Jane for life. <laughs> yeah. And I am. Um, Spider Gwen and Miles. Huh? Spider Gwen and Miles. I don't know because if you read in a the lot, movie, they're clearly shipping. In the movie, they're really shipping. But if you read the comics. It, almost everything points to Miles and uh, Kamala getting together. Oh, really? Yeah. So there was that issue of the end where they were basically doing the final story of heroes before they died or what have you. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and the one for Miles uh, basically hinted that he and he and Miss Marvel had a thing that was more than just a flame. Interesting. Yeah. Let me see. Do I have okay. any? Do I have any other ships? I think that's a, until until later. Yeah. Until later. Until Stay later. tuned, listeners. This is our this is our way to keep getting you to keep listening. Could <laughs> it be the Valentine's Day special? Only one way to find out. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I can't guarantee I'm going to remember that particular joke because I cut that from our credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know. I, I, oh, and I'm also Harley and, and Ivy. Oh, I thought you didn't like Harley. But they're such a good couple. I hate Harley as a single character, <laughs> but as a couple, yeah, those two are. 
This this makes no sense to me. Unless unless you enter uh unless you enter Sean's universe and then it's Holly and Bruce, which is woo, out there. I mean he sells it, but it's a it's wacky so ship. Good. It is a wacky ship. It is a wacky he ship. He sells your butt in the last episode. Huh? He's holding her butt in the last issue. Wait, I missed that. You need to rewrite <laughs> It's a big old butthole. Oh, no, that's right. When they were laying on the sofa. No, you're right. No, no, no. When they're riding up the grapple. So technically, he's just holding on. Yeah, he's just holding her. Yeah. Is a butt grab. Hey, but Speaking of the White Knight, uh, first news item (laughs) is that White Knight is getting two additional titles. So uh, the the first one that's announced is a, a Joker... Generations, um, a generation Joker, there we go. which is about Harley's uh, twins trying to resurrect their father. Uh, the second title is World's Finest. Now that's about Superman and Wonder Woman. Um, so Sean Murphy is going to be writing and drawing the World's Finest, and um, his wife Katana Collins and another co-writer are doing the writing, and Marco Andolfo is doing art. For Generation Joker, oh, um, I don't like that. I'd oh, rather have that reversed. Oh, um, I really liked the Katana Collins Harley Quinn, though. I thought it was good. Was that the one where it was just about Harley? Yeah, it was Harley and that cinema serial killer guy. Yeah, that was fine. I guess I just really like the way Murphy's voice is. So, and but- I would just prefer to have him on the kids' book than on the unrelated i mean, guess it has to be related but so can i just say i might be okay with generations joker but if i had my pick i would not want either of these the <laughs> yeah <laughs> the story that i want is dick and jason those two yes <laughs> in the white knight universe that yes. is that is the duo we all did not know we want it, but we need. And yes. Mr. Murphy, and I like if, the idea of John in there too, yeah. Mr. Murphy, if you're listening, please uh, pitch that to to Marie and Ben and whoever else, because I didn't know I needed it, but I kind of <laughs> do now. They were the best part of the last issue. <laughs> Um, second piece of news is they've released solicitation for um, the Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Turns out Batman, the Brave and the Bold is just Urban Legends Part 2. It's four stories, 64 pages, two 20-pagers, and two 10-pagers. Probably going to be $8, just like Urban Legends, but it'll have more non-Batman stuff in it. I hate this so much. I we just got done with freaking Urban Legends and we have Urban Legends 2. It's gonna start with Jan Mora writing. <laughs> Is it? Good? Well, you, I think you... he's writing and drawing a black and white story, but it'll oh, be a 10 pager. Okay. okay. I'm here for Mitch Gerards and Dan Mora. Hey, Tom King's doing one. I'm sure Ian's yeah. gonna be Tom all King over that one. Doing... Mitch Grads and the Joker. And so, well, unfortunately, that's my least favorite uh, Tom King. Yeah. 
But okay, so I mean, I enjoyed the beginning of Urban Legends a lot, and then I hung on for a lot longer than you guys did. So I'm hoping that at least starts decent, and it'll take a few months to. <laughs> I, back into the I will say I, I, I'm I'm like you. I the the first part, other than the stupid grifter story, I love the grifter. Okay, yeah, but... you're not perfect, but the <laughs> first, <laughs> I enjoyed the first part of Urban Legends. I totally got just thrown for a loop with the stupid Batgirl story. That only oh, introduced yeah. that woman of the TV series. Then I was totally missed at the stupid um, Gotham. What, what was it? Birds of Prey that wasn't. And it, and so other than the whole seer part, I was kind of okay on the tail end with the Jamal Campbell story. I thought the. Um, I thought the outsiders. Yes, the outsiders were. Well, my problem with the outsiders, I didn't like the way it ended. It was just like, and then it was gone. Huh? My problem with outsiders is that should have been an ongoing. Yeah. Oh my god! And and so we're going to talk about this later. But Brandon Thomas did it again. But I'll talk about that later. But yeah, no, I'm not interested in if 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 if. Brave and the Bold is going to be Urban Legends 2.0. I'm going to have to take a pass on that. In our last piece of comic news, Poison Ivy has expanded first from a 6-issue to a 12-issue, and now from a 12-issue to an ongoing series. From Mini Maxi the Regular. All right. Oh, just please die. Why? It's been a good story. I mean, it's gory as hell, and... Okay, but the last... it is it is unfair of me to be so angry about this because I am not reading it and it's not for me. I'm just irritated that it's there. They are still doing one in fifty variant covers at issue seven, which I think is a very cheap sales tactic. Ivy's getting somewhat of a redemption, though. A little bit. Actual redemption. A little. Bit. Like she actually understands she did wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. Some a little bit. I'm gonna need more than a little bit, dude. So, so we went from none to a little bit, and then after that, that means we get some, and then after some, we get a little bit more, and then after a little bit more, we get a lot. With an ongoing, it can be a little slower. Either that, or they're just gonna keep pretending that Ivy didn't do anything wrong, and that is just unacceptable. I, I, I don't think. From from what's been published already, including this one, she kind of understands what what she's done. And Holly, to her credit, really gets her. And I think Holly helped her realize if you go all the way back to the issue of Holly, where she sends her off and tell her, hey, you need to do your own thing. Seems that it worked. Well, that is fair. I am just, it's not a story for me. And lastly, uh, there was a small sporting event on the weekend, and small amounts of money were spent on advertisements, including a trailer for the upcoming Flash movie. 
And in this Flash movie, we found out that (laughs) Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton will be playing two different Batmen in this movie. Have you seen these trailers? And if so, what were your thoughts on the Batman? Wait, there was more than one? Uh, there's the TV spot, which was about 50 seconds, and then the regular trailer, which was three minutes, and they had different pieces in them. Yeah, I didn't oh, see I I didn't, seen the short one. Yeah, I haven't seen the short one. I just saw the regular trailer. Um, um, well, it looks fun. <clears throat> at, at TBU Comics Podcast. We understand that Ezra Mella is a scumbag, and should probably get arrested, <laughs> and is a bad person. And should never work in Hollywood again. But he's not the only person who worked on this movie. And so I agreed that it should be released. And I will probably watch it. And I am looking forward to it. Because I do like the Flashpoint story. And I love Michael Keaton. And I love Batfleck. And I thought they were both great. Um, The two berries was a twist. That's interesting. Um, I mean, it might be a twist. I actually don't remember the Flashpoint story. In super detail. I just remember. It's not. It's not. It's not 100% Flashpoint. Yeah, it's not 100 percent flashpoint. Um, it just looks like a lot of fun. It it did cross my mind that we've had a lot of Marvel multiverse lately, and so it could seem maybe like they're just copying Marvel, but obviously they they have they've been copying each other for eighty years. So <laughs> um, you know whatever, but uh, it looks like fun. But see, I don't, I don't, I don't see this as a copying Marvel type thing with. You know, Marvel's multiverse. You know that the multiverse that they have going I'm just, on. I, I'm thinking from the point of view of the moviegoer who doesn't know the comics and and just enjoys the show, the the watching. That they would, if if I were just an average Joe, I would think, oh, that's weird. Marvel's doing multiverse stuff, and now they're doing. I don't know. I yeah. I could just maybe see how someone might think that. You sound like a friend of mine who absolutely wait no what's his name on the server who absolutely hated the trailer because it didn't reveal enough about what flashpoint is about oh no i love that i think trailers these days give way too much away it's ridiculous i i like that it was pretty vague yeah i, I like that it was pretty vague i don't know if i'm going to see it in the theaters I think that flash suit is absolutely horrid. <laughs> I thought that they would have did improvement on the last one, which was the pieces put together, but obviously they didn't get the memo to do that. Um, it was weird reading some of the reactions on social media where some was actually wondering whether or not Christian Bale made an appearance too. I don't see that. I didn't see that. I mean, I, I think they made it just based on the way the Batman was riding on the motorcycle in that one scene. Mm. But I mean, don't, I don't expect Bruce and Bruce to be in the same scene at the same time. I would assume that we get Batfleck in the beginning and mm-hmm. perhaps Batfleck at the end. Or maybe not if since, you know, it's supposed to be resetting everything. So. Oh, so what if we get whoever the new. Well, no, that they wouldn't have thought that far ahead back then. Because this is a pretty old movie, right? Yeah, it was made. It was finished what a few years ago and it just yeah. kept holding it off. So it'll be interesting. But I, I, it, but it looks 
it looks like the idea that James Gunn said that it was going to be, it was going to reset everything. I think that was kind of the point even before he got there, that flash would reset everything. But as long as it resets everything, including Ezra Miller, I'm fine with that. You know what? If, 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 what I would like to see is that when the reset occurs, it's not Barry that we have. We have Wally West. (laughs) Don't tempt me with a good time. That would be fun. And then all will be right in the world. (laughs) I thought the trailer was really exciting. I, I was personally a little concerned about the whole Supergirl thing, but the way they did it, honestly, I I see what they're going for, no, and I'm very excited about I hate the whole Supergirl. Thing. I hate Supergirl. <laughs> I, hate I really liked seeing Keaton. He's clearly having a ton of fun. It was really cool to see Batfleck as well, and I'm I'm just I'm very hyped. I am definitely seeing it in the theaters. I was surprised at how many people were surprised to see, not just. Keaton, but Affleck too, because I thought it was common knowledge that he he was in the movie, and I thought it was I was common knowledge. Well, my problem is I keep hearing rumors that they took this out and they took this out, and so I didn't know anything. I thought it was common, <laughs> and actually, I thought it was common knowledge that they knew they put out there that both of them were going to be in it. I don't know. Well, I'm I glad both of them are in it. I didn't. I mean, it it makes sense now, but I didn't realize that Batfleck would be in it. Now, here's the other thing, and I kind of said this on the server also. Some of the stuff that we see in the trailer, we probably won't see in the movie. So. <laughs> it's possible. Because of because of Justice League? <laughs> well, no, just, just in general, there's a lot of times that a trailer will come out and they'll show certain pieces and then, then you get to the actual movie and it never pops up. And I can't remember who posted it, but I think the reason why they said is that the people that do the trailers have absolutely nothing to do with the movie. Right. They're uh, they're their own editing suite and yeah. Sometimes their own company. Uh, They're always their own company. Like that. They're dedicated trailer business people. All right. So that was a lot of news. Uh, We're definitely going to have solicitations by the end of the week, but I think they've probably front loaded the Batman stuff. Um, Could be wrong. Could be a couple of announcements that are coming that I don't know about. But lots of stuff for us to talk about already, as you can see. In the meantime, did we mention mention Caper? Oh, (laughs) is that news? I thought those were like a joke. Caper is not a joke. I mean, did you see that profile for Stephanie? I mean, if so, if I was on DC's official Instagram and Twitter accounts, they have put up caper uh, dating profiles. This is actually a thing they started back in 2019, but they've added some profiles, including Zatanna and John Constantine and John Stewart and a new character, uh, Jewel, I think. But of course, the most important dating profile is Stephanie Brown, who is now officially 18. From 2014 to 2023, she's aged one year. Um, Compared to my boy, Damien. And she is online now looking to spoil someone special. (laughs) And she's wearing her purple uh, working out uniform from the Robins miniseries variant covers. And obviously it's not Tim Drake. The, uh, the Jimmy. Shoot, what is Jimmy's last name? Olsen. 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 The Jimmy Olsen picture is very unfortunate. It's exactly what you'd think from a dateless wonder. 
All right, so let's move to our review for the week, and that's Batman number 132. This is written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Mike Hawthorne. We begin in Gotham City apartment on another world in the multiverse. Dr. Leslie Tompkins rushes out the door to pick up a shift. Alfred Pennyworth pleads with her not to go, but as Leslie points out, too many doctors have fled to Metropolis, so someone needs to help those in need. Elsewhere, the Bruce Wayne of the main universe shadows Jewel, or Julia, as she goes about helping those she can in a Gotham City overrun by venom-enhanced police. In this Gotham, the city is walled off, and the United States has abandoned everyone within those walls. I've heard this scenario before. (laughs) Bruce sees Skelly Jim talking to him as he helps Jewel. Jewel notices Bruce acting distracted and asks if he's hallucinating. Bruce thinks it's from multiverse travel, but Jewel knows otherwise. The denizens of this Gotham call it Crane Brain, as it derives from a gas pumped into the city by the administration running Arkham Asylum. The gas promotes mental illness, resulting in more people being committed to Arkham. Jewel gives Bruce some pills, which everyone outside of Athena Tower takes to avoid crane rain. At Athena Tower, Red Mask and his armed men go to the judges' changers to see Harvey Dent. Dent rests on a throne before a room full of dead men. Red Mask takes Dent's venom power away before giving it right back if he doesn't get in line and deliver the new Bruce Wayne to Arkham. At Jewel's safe house, Bruce cooks for her while she tells him about Darwin Halliday, the man who owns Athena Tower and created the drug that combats Crane Brain. Jewel believes he's the only one standing up to everything going on, but Bruce isn't so sure. Bruce thinks back to his world, back to Alfred and his Robins. Next week, there's a fundraiser gala at Athena Tower, and Bruce plans to attend so he can meet Halliday. In the meantime, Jewel gets him a fake ID, and he assumes the name of Wilson Texlon, a financier from Metropolis. He also makes some rudimentary weapons. Wilson Texlon asks around for Halliday, but Selena Kyle finds him. She asks him to dance, and it takes every fiber of Bruce's being to remind himself that this is not his Selena. Immediately, Selena calls him out, letting it be known that she knows he's Bruce Wayne. Bruce tries to fake that he's been living under an assumed name for a fresh start, but Selina reveals that in Gotham, Bruce gave up everything to become a social worker and then died. When Bruce presses to find Halliday, she indicates that he's on the second floor. Bruce looks up and goes cold. The man on the second floor has the Joker's face and smile, though he's not white or made up like a clown. Before he can meet this possible joker selena snaps bruce up in her whip and punchline bursts into the gala and attacks bruce breaks free of selena's whip tries to run for it but killer croc intervenes croc beats bruce to the ground but bruce lights him on fire with some alcohol from a local bottle and tosses him out the window about to make a gateway bruce sees alfred distracted Selena is able to get Bruce in her whip again, but a man pulls out a gun and fires, hitting Bruce in the shoulder, and Bruce falls out of the window. Selena's whip saves him, and he's able to make a safe landing from a skyscraper onto the street below. He climbs to his feet and stumbles around into an alley. He sees a police officer beating someone mercilessly, so he saves the person. 
using every ounce of strength to take out the venom-enhanced officer. He remembers missing his world, his sons, and his Selena, but he determines that this world needs him, and he'll never give up. So, what do you think of alternate universe Selena? Um, well, she looks nice. <laughs> I think Bruce knows her pretty well. I feel like she's she is who she would be without being with Bruce. I feel like wanting to be with him is part of her motivation for whatever you want to call it. She wasn't really ever reformed, but stealing less. <laughs> Being less of a criminal? I don't know. But she always does what she wants. I like her. She seems like she she does what she wants within the confines of the creepy world they're living in and behaving in a way just enough to not be suspected or red flagged or whatever. I hate that dress. But anyway. I mean, yeah. Pretty much like Steph said, she she was a Selena. She was a Selena that never met Bruce in year one, and didn't have that morality that he always applied to her. Applied to her, so it was it was what's expected in a Batmanless. The word. Batmanless <laughs> universe. I thought she was really cool. Um, Zdarsky definitely has a good handle on an appealing Selena voice, even though this is obviously an alternate universe Selena, but he writes her very similar to how he wrote her in the backups. Uh, just a lot of character, personality, sass, uh, intelligence, and impulsiveness. Just really feels like a, a complicated character. And I'm really, I'm still on board with the idea that. Similar to his Daredevil run, Zdarsky's going to build up to a big Bat-Cat reunion. I really think that's where we're headed. What do you think about Crane Brain? The idea that, basically, Scarecrow gas is everywhere. I mean, I guess it makes sense, and it sets people up for failure. I don't... I, I'd wonder what the motivation is, like, terrorizing an entire city and setting them up to be... Vi- criminals slash crazy being crazy doesn't make you a criminal, but I guess here it does. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I don't understand what their motivation is for doing this, but um, I, I, as far as like how you can be diagnosed with crazy, it makes sense. It does. It makes almost as much sense as um, Harvey being souped up on Venom. <laughs> I mean, did you see how quickly he came crashing? When- yeah. Kind of I had to look at that a few times to figure out what was going on because I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah, it, but but to answer the question, it's, it's it's a weird idea idea considering the overall plot, and this is how you control Gotham by basically making everybody crazy, or like Harvey, one of the two, because you got they got the 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 regular citizens who are going through crane brain or you have GCPD who are all souped up on a version of Venom, including Harvey. I thought it was really clever. I mean, I think that Zdarsky is being very over the top in a lot of ways, but there's, there's a lot of thought put into the over top, the topness. Um, and this definitely feels like a different 
uh, dystopian Gotham than a lot of the Gothams we've seen. Uh, thankfully, it also feels very different than that terrible Worlds Without a Justice League uh, tie-in that I'm going to keep. Re- <laughs> I'm going to keep referencing this as long as we're in this alternate universe because that scarred me for six months. And I, I think it's a clever explanation for um, Skelly Gordon. <laughs> yeah, because that was that was that was really weird. So did he um, actually take the pill? I think so. I'm not sure. That'll be something we'll have to keep an because, eye on. Because, I don't know, if I was Batman... And I would not put things in my body I did I not know about. I wouldn't put things work. in my body I didn't know about. Yeah. I mean, if I was Stephanie Mounts, I wouldn't put things in my body I didn't know about. <laughs> this is weird. What do you think Bruce could actually do in a six-issue arc? And, of course, this could be longer, but I don't think they're going to let Zdarsky have this alternate universe be the main continuity for more than six issues. I mean, they they definitely didn't like what happened when Tom King did that. This is funner. Nightmares is my favorite arc from Tom King's Batman, so I disagree, but definitely more people agree with you. I'd like him, and this is probably par for the course, this is probably done a hundred times before, but I'd like him to recruit people like Selena and Two-Face and leave this Gotham with a trajectory of a plan and then have them be in charge and just leave it in their hands. Because I feel like wrapping things up nicely, quickly, is silly, I think. The only thing that makes me wonder... And again, I haven't read Solicits to know, but the only thing that makes me think that this may last longer than six issues is we right now have a Bruce who wants to save this Gotham, who feels he needs to save this Gotham and isn't really thinking too much, although he mentions having to go back but who isn't thinking too much about getting back to his Gotham because he knows his family is there. You know, he misses them, but he knows that they're there protecting the city. Whereas this Gotham has nothing and he feels he needs to save it. So I could, I could see them going beyond six issues so that he can, I guess, get it out of his system and and want to head home. But it would take something like Steph saying, you know, him recruiting for folks to carry the flag after he he heads back. Unless Tim just drops in and takes him with, uh, without him being ready to. I... I honestly don't know how he can fix something. Uh, I think it would be cool because I like the idea that Batman can make a difference. And I think Steph's idea of of inspiration uh, is a good one because I think Batman is an inspirational character, both in his universe with the Robins and Catwoman and the other characters, but also in our universe. People are inspired to try and be better uh, by reading Batman or watching Batman in the movies. And I think that's great. Well, Um, I mean, also because, like, I don't know. I feel like it's too much give a man a fish. <laughs> like, Batman can't stay in that universe. Even if he fixes the problem, he's going to leave. And then what? 
if Batman is the glue holding it together and he leaves, then it's all going to fall apart. So I think I think he knows that he needs to set up a system. Agreed. But I, I just don't know how it's going to do. I mean, nothing has gone how I expected it, which is good. But it does mean that my pattern recognition is not very helpful <laughs> in trying to figure out where it's going. What do you think of Mike Hawthorne's art? I liked it. Um, I looked through it a second time because I was like, man, that was really good. And I looked at it and I was like, well, okay. It wasn't as fantastic as I had thought the first time. <laughs> but it was very, very good. Very serviceable. Very did the job. Did It, it, was, it was very great. Yeah, it was okay. I, I it, it, it's not Jorge Jimenez, but no. it, it, it was a, it was, it was okay. Nothing to complain about. Yeah, I'd agree. I think Hawthorne. I definitely like it better than his Wonder Woman stuff. I know he was really excited to do Wonder Woman, but I didn't like the way he drew it. But I'm, I'm enjoying the way he's drawing Batman, and his Selina is definitely really cool looking, and uh, lots of good action. Like he, he feels like he's good at storytelling, which is definitely something you need to be in comics. Let's move to our backup. Uh, this is the Toy Box Part 2, also written by Chip Zdarsky. Uh, art by Miguel Mendonca, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong. If you know how to pronounce it, please write in and tell me. Months ago, in Metropolis, as Toy Man went on a rampage, killing innocent bystanders and turning others into toys, Superman and John Kent tried to stop him, but Toy Man killed himself. In the present... Robin, Tim Drake, analyzes one of the dolls Toyman transformed a man into. He notes multiversal energy connected to the doll, and pointing out that the gun Toyman used was the same one Failsafe used on Batman when he disappeared. A shadowy... Uh, Tim says this out loud, asking a shadowy figure behind him for help. Mr. Terrific tells Tim his furious sound, but he'll need some time to create a multiversal device that will help Robin track down Batman, as well as the other people Toyman displaced. Tim goes home and hangs out with Bernard, spending time with his boyfriend before an adventure that could end in tragedy. The next day, Robin suits up in a special multiversal suit made by Mr. Terrific. He collects some discs which will send people back to their correct universe, then takes the plunge into another universe. Immediately, he finds some of the survivors that Toy Man displaced, but also Toy Man himself leading an army. What do you think of Zdarsky's use of Tim in this backup after his use of Tim in the main story for Failsafe? I mean, it makes sense. It's It follows, I think, Tim's personality, his trajectory from the previous arc. I think... This is something that would happen. I think I think the story being here makes sense. That's, yeah. I don't I don't know how he picked this universe to go to, and I'm not a big fan of it being Toy Man centered instead of him actually finding Bruce. But I mean, you know, I mean, whatever. Chip Chip's done good so far, so maybe there's some point to all this. Maybe maybe he's just supposed to save people and not actually save Bruce. I will say that. Chip's handling of Tim Drake is eons time better. Eons time better. Is that right? Yeah. Better than uh, Megan Fitzmartin. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Um, really true, but a very low bar. <laughs> so there's that. Um, 
but I like the story. I, I, I like that Tim is adamant in knowing that Bruce is alive, figuring out Bruce is alive and determined to find where Bruce is, even to the point, you know, he's ready to fight John and whoever else to make it happen. Um, I can't remember how he ended up in Toys Man, Toy Man's universe instead of uh, New Gotham, but um, I am I am still interested in this story again. I, I one of the things that has been that has been that has been great about what Sadowski has been doing on Batman is how the backups has been have been so related to what's going on to the main story and so important to the main story you know that it that it gives you a background of what's going on so you know Bruce has been sent to this this new universe this new Gotham where there's no Batman however we still get an idea of what's going on in Gotham with what Tim is doing. Now, of course he's in toy man's world now, but still at least we get an idea of what's going on at home. And I, I really appreciate what the backups in, not just in Batman, but also in tech for its part has been in um, keeping things tied together. Yeah, I agree. I think that zarsky has been doing, a really good job with these backups. Uh, they almost feel like A and B plot, almost. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily backups in the traditional sense. They are focusing on different characters, but oftentimes a B plot will focus completely on a different character, too. Um, and I will say, um, much as I don't like them, I would argue that the uh, Spurrier backups and Detective are structured in a very same similar way. Both the backups in Batman and Detective are clearly directly connected to the plot of the main story. And there's clearly a lot of collaboration between Romby and Cy Spurrier. And obviously, Chip Zdarsky deigns to collaborate with himself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Any comments about Madel Magonka's art for this backup? I think I liked the backup art a little better than the main art. Really? What, like, any specific things that you like better? I think it's just more my style. It's a little, and maybe it was the colors. I don't know. I just, there was something a little more lively about the art. And it, it could just busy. be that the Batman story is more of a noir dystopian story. And obviously, <laughs> Tim is going to a place where the toy man is in charge. So obviously, it'd be more like Babes in Toyland kind of thing. But um, I just, I, my eyes were happier looking at the backup story. It was definitely easier to follow because of the vividness. Yeah, you know, I think and, that's and, fair. In 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 Batman, the brightest point of the story was when he was at the party about to get his butt whipped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I'm already kind of familiar with Miguel Miguel Mendonca. I've seen him a lot, and I kind of have him in my sort of B list artist category. Um, he's definitely good, but he's never really stood out to me. But this could be similar to like Rafa Sandoval in uh, Black Adam and Action Comics, or 
uh, Daniel Semper in Dark Crisis. Like, they were good before, but I feel like some of these stories have allowed them to really develop into better artists and have a better showcase. And maybe this will be the case for Miguel, too. I just kind of already have pigeonholed him, which is unfair. Artists can always develop. Uh, last question for the backup. Do you think this is actually the right universe that Bruce is in? Obviously, he's in Metropolis, but do you think that he can just mm. travel to Gotham? Hmm. I don't think so, because if uh, Gotham is having a brain drain and they're going to Metropolis and it's run over by Toy Man, I don't, I don't think that's where they would go. Steph took my answer. That was going to be... That was going to be my exact answer based on oh, really? based on what we're hearing with regards to what's going on in New Gotham with how people are running to get to Metropolis. I can't see this being in the same universe. I kind of want it to be the same universe, but I definitely think that um, I could see Tim having more universe hopping before he can get to Bruce. Yeah. No, I want it to be two because I want this to be done quickly. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's going to have hiccups. This is there's no way it can go smoothly. He's going to do some universe hopping, hopping and popping. Hopping that universe. I used to have a shirt with frogs on it that said, I'm so hibbity hop. <laughs> and then I would say, I'm so hippity hop. I'm going to hip hop to the hip hop shop. <laughs> Steph, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I was in my 20s. <laughs> All right. So let's give this issue a rating out of five red sexy dresses for oh, Selena. No, that dress is horrible. That. It's better than her current costume. That neckline. Or that boob line, whatever that is. Anyway, um, three and a half. I really like the uh, the issue. I really like the art. I like the story. I'm interested in what's going to happen. I am invested. I need more. Oh, God. I, no, I will not. Three, two, five. I can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> Steph took my original answer, so three, two, five. I don't have a problem with Selena's dress because you know they still cater to males buying comics, even though the number of females have increased exponentially. Yeah, three, two, five. Well, unfortunately for Theo, <laughs> I said three point five before Steph said three point five, so I wasn't bandwagoning. And Scott also said 3.5, so there is a mode of 3.5 and an average of 3.44. Uh, definitely an above-average issue. Nothing really stood out to me in a way that's like, oh man, I'm going to remember this comic for a long time. Like Batman 98 in Joker War by Tynan. Like That really stands out to me, even two years later. Um, or things like, you know, Double Date or the ending of Tom King's run. Like there are issues that stand out to me individually for, for many years, but this isn't one of them, but it's a very, very good issue. Okay. So since I can't win this, I will go with what I originally was going to go with and I'll give it a three, five. <laughs> ah, so it is a three, five all round. I'd be so happy. <laughs> so 
That's why we can't have nice things. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, so let's move on to Greater Gotham. And... <laughs> DC definitely published a lot of books that included Greater Gotham this week. Oh, my oh buckle up. Buckle up. Batman Legends of Gotham one shot. Thumbs up. But remind me what happens in that. <laughs> I think it was the Outsiders plus Red Hood. Plus Red Hood. It was, it was fine. It wasn't it's not an enthusiastic <laughs> thumbs up. It was it was fine. It was serviceable. It it is a neutral trending. Yeah. Up, I am still yeah. hating the fact that we don't have Brandon Thomas on an outsider's book and was dreading this because of that. It did not, it was not as bad as I expected. So, still neutral, but trending up. It wasn't a great outsider's book. It was a fine, it was a fine Red Hood book. It was not a good outsider's book. It wasn't Thomas. a bad outsider's book. I'm saying this is thumbs down because this seems really pointless and yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it and it's going nowhere and I don't understand why they're just publishing this book. I did Especially wonder why it's I was one shot. It. Yeah, what, like this what, is like, the kind of thing you would put in Batman the Brave and the Bold. It's not <laughs> I don't think it's currently like it didn't have to be published this month. It's not tying into any events that really need to happen. And it's just not that high quality. I mean, I'm always up for a Jason story, but yeah, I was wondering while I was reading it, what is the point of this? Um, let's move to Poison Ivy number nine. <sighs> Neutral. I thought it was over, so I was really happy. And then I found out it's not, not only is it not over at nine, it's not going to be over at 12. So, <laughs> I mean... I'm glad she's changing. I'm having trouble understanding what her motivation is and if she actually is changing and why suddenly her spores aren't deadly, but whatever. Thumbs up. Now, I ultimately think that our friend Janet is going to turn into crazy lady and just go all fatal attraction. You know, (laughs) putting the bunny in the Pot of boiling water, playing close type of crazy, because it's obvious that you know she has a thing for Ivy, but with Holly popping in and saying "Ah, I steal my boo, that's not gonna sit well. And so I can, if if anything happens as. As Ivy continues this redemption story that I still think she's getting in, which means you should read it. 
I think that Janet might be the person that pulls her back from it. It won't be Holly who's trying to get her to get that redemption story. It's going to be Janet who pulls her back and say, no, you need to be stone cold crazy again. Eagle terrorists and just murder, death, kill everyone. But yes, thumbs up for me. Although it was kind of weird just how they just, her and Holly just immediately just jumped into the bedroom, like yeah, two pages in. And then she I mean, gone. not completely surprising with all those covers, but yeah. <laughs> Story-wise. <laughs> the covers were beautiful. The covers were beautiful. And a rip-off. <laughs> <clears throat> this is still an abstain for me. Uh, there's only one way that I will actually read this book, and that is the thing that got me to read our next book, which is The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, number five, a.k.a. The Joker, season two, number five. Abstain. Upstain. This is a um to be fair, this is a neutral. Um the main story is a thumbs up. Uh it has Stephanie Brown in it. <laughs> she does a Batman impression and it's awesome. Uh and Carmine D. Giandomenico draws Stephanie Brown, which is a dream I've had for a long, long time. So this issue is in my collection now. Wait, say that, that name again. Sucks. Say that name again. Uh Carmine <laughs> D. Giandomenico. Carmine D. Giandomenico. Carmine. DG and Domenico. <laughs> the backup uh, has great art. I do love uh, Francisco Francovella, but I hate the quote unquote jokes that they're telling. It's not funny. It's gross. Uh, it feels really fetishy in a very un, like just squicky and gross way. And I want them to stop. This book doesn't need backups. It's an excuse to charge $6 for this series. <sighs> Make it a $5 series and stop it. So that's why it's a neutral, because the backup really does hurt the score. Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo, number four. Epstein. Uh, neutral trending up. But they gotta stop chopping up Jim Gordon. I just they yeah. can't they they can't keep sending body parts. You know, the story was fine if they're going through the trains. You know, trying to figure out how to, you know, make the train go back to its original weight without taking anybody. That was a good idea, but they got to stop. I I can't keep seeing body parts from Jim Gordon pop up. So, Mark, you gotta you gotta slow that down, some bro. Uh, abstained. One Joker series was enough for this episode. <laughs> For me, Gotham City Year One, number five. Oh, thumbs up. That was very interesting. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not very observant, but I was actually shocked at how much backstabbing and in crime there was in the story. It's very intriguing. I will take your word for it. This is actually a thumbs down for me because. Okay, so so wait, wait, wait. So I need y'all to battle this out. So we got a (laughs) thumbs up and a thumbs down. I need someone to convince me one way or the other. I mean, because I was kind of thrown off anyway with the whole slam Bradley sleeping with. That was just meh. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really worried it's going to turn out that Slam is Bruce's grandfather. I don't want that. No. Oh, God, Jesus, that would be... Um, the biggest problem for me is that I hate the movie Chinatown, and this movie is... This, this comic is so clearly trying to be Chinatown. Uh, additionally, this feels like it really needed to be a 12-issue miniseries. There's, there's so much going on, uh, and I don't think it works. So that's why it's a thumbs down for me on this issue. I thought the pacing was fine. I, I don't think it needs to be longer. I don't get the feeling that the city's actually burning. Like, I understand that I'm supposed to know that, but I don't feel Oh, it. yeah, I guess I didn't understand why that was happening. No, I, I, I like, I like... Is it the penultimate issue? Yes, this is the second to last penultimate. I, I don't know. I like that nothing was what I thought it was. And the baddie was never, I don't know. I liked, I liked the mystery and the reveal of the mystery. That's fair. I don't know. I just, I hate Chinatown. And I know lots of people love it. And clearly Tom King loves it, but I do not. I have not seen Chinatown. That's. Um, I would not recommend it. Kurt Russell, right? Uh, no, Jack Nicholson <laughs> and Faye Dunaway. Uh, that's big trouble in little China. Oh, that's big trouble in little China. <laughs> I've never seen I mean, that movie. I haven't seen either. <laughs> I like Chris Russell's son Wyatt, though. He's pretty good. Oh, boy, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got to the point in the in the podcast where I am going to go on a little rant. So and I am here for it. <laughs> We have three tie-in titles to Lazarus Planet this uh, this episode. That the deal next is abstaining all from. I wish I wish I had done the same. Next evolution, Legends Reborn, and Dark Fate. And what I realized when I read these issues is that Lazarus Planet is a filler arc between issues four and five of Batman versus Robin. And I hate every part of this. Batman versus Robin has like this big event that supposedly happens in issue four. And then Mark Wade writes Bat, uh, Lazarus Planet Alpha and Lazarus Planet Omega. And those are the only issues that actually matter. Everything else is random adventures. And what makes it worse is that they're random adventures that aren't full stories. They're, they're teasers. And they're all teasers for upcoming stories. So this entire event is nothing except overpriced because these are all oversized issues. So you have to pay more than your four or five dollars for a regular issue. They're not complete stories and they're all advertisements for upcoming series. We've got Doom Patrol. We've got uh, Night Terrors. We've got Spirit World. We've got City Boy. Uh, City Boy, we've got Red Canary, like all of these are upcoming stories and they're all incomplete. They don't have any sense that this is an actual story that I'm going to come back and be like, oh, this is a great thing I want in my collection. If you buy these books, you are buying the equivalent of a trailer clip reel. And I think that is beyond offensive. If you want to do this kind of thing, you do it on free comic book day or you do it as a a like a, an entry-level price, like a couple dollars, one or two dollars. I understand that they're big books. Well, maybe you shouldn't have spent so much time and money making trailer clip, clip reels as your big event in January and February. 
Did you think of that, DC? No, you didn't. Instead, you decided to charge everyone, and it's not working. Believe it or not, comic store, my comic store is really upset because they ordered a bunch of these because it was going to be the big event, and no one's buying them because everyone can tell where they're being suckered. So, Lazarus Planet sucks. All of these sucks. All of them get a thumbs down, and no one should buy it. Uh, I read the Nightwing City Boy story in Reborn. I thought that was kind of cute, but I skipped pretty much everything else. I read the Flatline Ross story, and Ross is back. He he came out of an urn for no reason except that Flatline opened it, and Ubu has a hair now and is alive for no reason. Didn't he just die in yeah. Um, yeah. in Detective Comics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually was happy to see more Flatline. Uh, I'm not happy that she's in a trailer clip. Yeah, that's all. That's all I read. <laughs> let me take a let me take a deep breath. I'm kind of disappointed. I was expecting more from you. <laughs> I, I feel like I got pretty heated. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> Wait, last planet is over already. Just... No, the rant. <laughs> oh, the rant is over. Unfortunately, we have another episode to go. All right, on to better things. Batman Beyond the White... Oh, sorry, I said this wrong. Batman Beyond the White Knight, number eight. Well, I think I've been saying Batman Beyond the White Knight. Anyway, a thumbs up. Oh my gosh, Dick and Jason were so great together, arguing about who is Robin when Duke is Robin now, but whatever. I was the first, and... but I've been the longest. <laughs> and And... Jack reconnecting with Jackie was cute, and it's just a good story all around. It wraps up a little too fast in my mind, but whatever. It's that always happens. Thumbs up, loved it. I will say again that Jason and Dick in the White Knight universe is the story that we didn't know we wanted, but we absolutely <laughs> need right now. That that was that the interaction with those two is is more brotherly than I've seen in main continuity in quite a long time. That that is that is Damien Dick level brotherhood, you know? <laughs> so that was just awesome. And I am happy that Bruce is acknowledging his wife now, which is also a good thing. But it's gonna be interesting to see how Sean Murphy handles this expansion of the universe with these new titles that that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it almost makes me ask that he comes up with a new universe since it's no longer really white knight. It's, mm-hmm. it's something, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's more than just the Joker. So, but I'm still here for it. This last issue was wonderful. Two thumbs up. But give me Dick and Jason in a book, please. I have to say abstain because I forgot this was out. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, you're I, I will read it. I will read it. I have been enjoying many parts of this series. So I will get to it. I just uh, didn't get to it this you, time. You're so fire. Batgirls, number 15. Neutral? I don't know. I had a bit of a problem with Steph's ending. I don't know. 
I think Cass was too quick to pull out the Lazarus resin. And also, I don't remember where she got that from. And that's weird. She got it last issue. Did she? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was not a fan of the Lazarus resin. I don't think that's something Bat family members should be using on each other. Hickledy pickledy. Well, I will say from hold up. Because Theo actually read this. Whoa, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) I know. I, I had so only because only one reason I had to get the follow up. To issue 14, because I gave credit <laughs> oh, yeah. where credit was due to 14, so I figured I had to read I had to read 15 to see the fallout. And the idea of Cass using the Lazarus resin on Steph just ruined it yeah. for me. I just d- Okay, this is comics. There are more than one way to bring somebody back. I mean, we we we've got. I just, I don't get. I don't like it. And so, neutral trending down for that one reason right there. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a a big thumbs up. I liked it because I noticed Cass getting the Lazarus resin last issue. And I like seeing that kind of setup and payoff. And I also am, I am 100% certain, and this is not because I've read anything, but this is, I am 100% certain from solicitations that this is going to result in complications okay. to come. Okay. This is not going to be just an easy fix it. There are going to be problems caused by this choice. Uh, I also don't want Steph to be dead. So <laughs> A thumbs up. I am more inclined to give it a thumbs up if there's going to be consequences to those actions, because to me, it was just like I, I was thinking it was a quick fix. I was like, that is not OK. That's making a deal with the devil and expecting no consequences. But, yeah. uh, I, I also have to say, like, I did not expect him to go as far as actually as they did like this. this is crazy. This 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 went hard, and I was here for it. I was I was really along for the ride, and I really enjoyed it. So big thumbs up. I did I did appreciate that. Yes, he was going crazy, and I, I mean almost I don't know, psychopath villain crazy. But they kept like referring to it, like you need help. You're obviously not well. Like, Dad, we can get you psychiatric help. And I thought that was good that they were actually referring to it, and like. You've you've completely lost your mind. This is all insane. Instead of just going along with an insane plan like you do in comic books, I actually did like the whole issue, except for the Lazarus resin. So, I am Batman number eighteen. The end of this series. Oh my gosh, a big fat neutral. Mainly, no. I said, did I say thumbs up? Oh, apparently, I said thumbs up when I read it. <laughs> what? What? Probably mainly because it was over. <laughs> So the series as a whole, I didn't have a problem with the concept. I didn't have a problem with the setup. New York was stupid, but sure, whatever. Black Batman in New York makes sense. Whatever. It's great. I loved the characters that were developed during. uh, It wasn't Fear State. It was Future. Future future State. The execution was complete poo-poo. It just fell apart. It was garbage. And then what they did with the Fox family was garbage. And the bad guys were garbage. And it could have been good. And it wasn't. So I'm giving it a thumbs up because it's over. (laughs) And I like that Tiff is is Robin. 
And that's, I'm just, yeah. A Robin with no name. A Robin with no name. But it's, it's a thumbs down for me. I'm just like you. I'm happy it's over. But, man, I'm so disappointed in where Ridley went with this story. And again, it may not all be his fault. We know how editorial can just screw everything up. But happy it's over. Don't let them come back. Keep them in New York. And, uh, yeah. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. That too. Or do. <laughs> That's a big thumbs down for me, too. This took characters I love, specifically Lucius, Tam, and Luke, and either made them extremely unlikable for no good reason or put them in a coma again. <laughs> so thumbs down for this book. Thumbs down for the series, and I really hope that we can get a Luke Fox book and not a Jace Fox book in the future. Or a Tam Fox. Batman Incorporated number five. Oh, man. Thumbs up. And I'm so proud of my baby boy making good choices. This would be Clown Hunter for the uninitiated. (laughs) Thumbs up. And and. Ghost Maker was like, I totally could kill you, but I'm not going to because I promised that I wouldn't. <sighs> and then he acknowledged that, yes, this, the people that you killed were baddies. <laughs> that the people that the baddies killed were baddies. I really liked it. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. The, the, the entire series has been good thus far. Um, I do like I mean, I do like Ghost Maker reminding us of the promise he made to Bruce. Uh, so that was fun to see brought back to light and the art's been great so thumbs up yeah it's thumbs up for me too i'm really happy that this is getting a thumbs up across the board from the podcast i really hope you guys are checking it out this book uh could definitely fly under the radar because it doesn't have any of those name brand characters in it even though it has batman inc on the cover i personally hope brisson is smart and gets bruce to do a cameo so we can maybe get some uh advertising but it's great. Quality, Quality-wise, quality this book is really top tier. A surprise edition, uh, Theo told us about this uh, collection, DC Power, A Celebration. Um, I read the two TB stories, and uh, they were lovely. They were lovely little stories. In fact, I would say that the Batwing story was more romantic than anything I skimmed through in the Valentine special, which was, it didn't look very romantic at all, so I didn't bother reading any of the stories. Yes, it is a thumbs up for me. The entire collection was pretty good, with the exception of maybe the cyborg story, which I found disappointing considering it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a ongoing series coming soon. However Is it the same creative team as the ongoing? Uh the writer, yes. The artist no. Um however much like the Jason Dick book that I got to say that a different way. Unlike <laughs> the Dick Jason book <laughs> that we all need in the White Knight universe, uh, I absolutely need to see more of Vixen and Batwing. Uh, that is my newest favorite ship because it was a ship I was not expecting and for all those 
out there who feared the idea of editorial putting Luke with Barbara again. We now know that that can't happen anymore because he's kissing it up with Fixin' and it's supposed to be in continuity because it's supposed to be continuing in Donna DC. So, yes, thumbs up for the whole book and for that story. Oh, 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 and by the way, and by the way, even though it's not TBU, Brandon Thomas does it again. He actually made me interested in characters I have absolutely no interest in prior to him putting his hands on him. And that was the uh, that was the Kid Flash Aquaman story with uh, Jackson and Wallace. Absolutely love it. And again, Brandon Thomas, he can just write all of the terrible characters. Just <laughs> please don't do Harper Row because I would hate to have to like Harper Row. <laughs> I would hate to like Harper Row. <laughs> There's a pull quote. Um, I only read the um, the the Batwing and Vixen story, but man, seeing Batwing being awesome, having a great love interest, great banter, great tech, good art. It was like balm after reading that uh, I am Batman story. Like, okay, so I am Batman had good art. I'm not, I'm not just in the art for I am Batman, but like how he was written in that series was a disgrace. And this is Batwing being competent and awesome and smart and just, he's a hero. And I love it. And, and he and Mari just seems to go well together. It's a good compliment because, you know, you got the tech versus the sort of nature powers. Yeah. And it makes me want JLA back with her being the leader. As long as Brandon Thomas is writing it. <laughs> That'd be pretty legit. Brandon Thomas, JLA. Yeah. Let him write all the things. Like I said, everything but Harper Row. <laughs> and we're going to end up with a book I think probably only I read. Uh, the Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries number five. Yep. Abstain. <laughs> Most definitely abstain. <laughs> so the reason I put this on is because Charlie Fish is back on writing duties. I really wish they would just give these miniseries to Charlie Fish alone. I know he probably does this because he wants to gather writers um, a leg up and, and collaborate. And he's just I, I told my comic shop guy this uh, this uh, when I went in today. I said Charlie Fish is like the Jewish Mr. Robert, Mr. Rogers of the D.C. neighborhood. He's just so sweet and he's so knowledgeable and he walks in and he creates these great little gems of one shot stories, but he also can do through lines and he is just fantastic. And if he wrote the whole series, I'd be subscribed to it, but he's only doing like one every three or four issues. Uh, but this one was a Batwoman and Bet Kane issue or Betty Kane, the original Bat Dash girl, as Stella would call it. And it's, it's fantastic. If you like that classic era of pre-crisis DC, this also ties in Kate Kane. So, like, it's it's that kind of semi-multiversal, but not in a meta way. It's just really fun use of all the toys on the table, storytelling, and then Scooby Doo, and you know the the wackiness of those characters. Thumbs up for Batman and Scooby Doo Mysteries number five. We do have one piece of feedback from our Discord. The professor from Discord says, was excited to have a bit of time to listen to this ep. Rare for me these days. I just want to note that at Wedge, who is Ian, started by trying to ask some questions and 
that proved impossible as the cast had to spend 30 minutes trying to decipher just what the heck is actually going on in the story. Oh, is he talking about tech? Yeah. Did I, did I say that? Did he say that? Anyway, we're talking this about This was on the, the last episode. Just comment. FWIW? What is For that? what it's worth. For what it's worth. My feelings about this run are entirely captured by this is Steph's perspective. That's me. I don't understand what's going at all, and I really only liked number 1068 because it gave us a solid character study of Two-Face. Tynion has his faults as a storyteller, but one of the things I appreciated the most is that he is able to get out of his own way and let his characters be the stars. Tamaki was also skilled in this end. Like Tynion, she told stories that could be followed on any serial basis, rather than retrospectively in trade, as Ian suggests would be best with rom v in contrast tom king's narratives are totally about tom king and what he wants to do and i'm worried the same thing is happening with rom v i'm with admiral Wright. that's theo in the sense that i'm barely hanging on there and that's sad because this is tech yeah well i i do think that rom v is like i feel like i get what he's trying to do but i feel like this is the kind of thing you do in a if you can persuade DC to let you do it, a 12-issue a miniseries where you do a slow burn, but you have a lot of depth and richness and payoff. Um, doing it an undefined run on one of the main books, I feel, is going to depress sales. Maybe it'll end up in a classic story that people can point to you know, a couple of years from now and say, wow, that's a really great story you can read and trade now. But I don't know about it as a weekly reading experience. Yeah. Or monthly, sorry. Yeah, I think that's part of it. So it was like so fun to get to Maki's stuff bi-weekly and then for a little bit weekly. <laughs> Not fun for for Theo. Not fun for Theo. <laughs> Not fun writing. It was wonderful reading. Yeah. And now it's like, it's a slow burn story we're getting once a month. And it's like, oh my gosh. All right, this thing, it still exists. I still don't know what's happening. Uh, even if this was bi-weekly or, or twice a month, I would probably feel the same way. I just, I don't know. Although I I, I am loving the Harvey Two-Face conflict. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing thus far. And the boy still needs a damn name. <laughs> Thanks for writing in. That was a very perceptive comment, for sure. That brings us to the end of our schedule. So I will now thank all the patrons. Um, if you become a Patreon, uh, join our Patreon at a certain level, we will read your name and thanks. And so let me do that. Lisa Slack, Donald Morgan Grant, Austin Davis, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Johnny McCloskey, Gerald Green, Donald Townsend, Cesar Diaz, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Ed Grouse, Jessica Morales, Rob O, Captain America, David Richards, Tim Garassi, Mary Garrett, Robert Lewis, and Stephanie Mouse. Thank you all. We really appreciate that you help keep our archive on the air and our new episodes running. We hope you're getting a lot out of it and feel free to let us know uh, what you're thinking on the various platforms that you can. In the meantime, I've been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. March 3rd. I know you're not doing anything. We need to hit hit the road to Dallas. You know I'm not doing anything. (laughs) We need to hit the road to Dallas, dude. Waifu Expo. I've been to Dallas before. Okay, but but, but Ian, I I highly doubt that you went to Waifu Expo. 
or furry fiesta. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm looking at the guest lineup for Waifu Expo. I'm not going to either of these things. I'm not Ian. a weeb or a furry. Ian. Wait. Ian. 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 What, what happens in Dallas stays in Dallas. Dude. That's Vegas. There too. I have nursery on at church on, on the 5th. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not going to a furry convention and then taking care of babies. 